What's up, everybody? Welcome to Outside Perspective with me, Adam Meredith. I fucked up, guys. It's not the first time I tried to eliminate these things. But if you are listening on YouTube, there is no video for this particular episode. I thought I had it. Didn't have it. These things happen. So, all audio this time. But, no worries. Moving on. If you like the podcast, help me out. Subscribe. Leave a five-star review. Share this thing. Let everybody know. Help us grow this. I really appreciate it. And, if you are in the market for some CBD, check out those guys over at jombosuperfoods.com. They're fucking awesome. I have the link in my show notes, and it helps us out. So, thank you. Last, if you are an artist, you have artist friends, please send me your music. You can send your music to adam at imposedwill.com, A-D-A-M, at sign, I-M-P-O-S-E-D-W-I-L-L.com. Really appreciate it. Today's guest is Reese Young. A.K.A. Brandon Baker. I know him as Brandon Baker. We go way back to uh, like middle school, and um, it was he wasn't really a guy that um, honestly we weren't like really great friends in high school or anything like that. We kind of knew each other, um, but I've kind of kept my eye on the things that he's doing uh, kind of throughout the years since then. He is a uh, he's a hip hop artist, and his lyrics are pretty dope. So. I wanted to touch base with him and just, you know, see what's going on with him and what and what's happening in the world of Reese Young. So I think you will enjoy it. Check it out. Straight up, it doesn't matter at all. Equals down to the same guy. Yeah. Straight up. Well, I'm going to go with Brandon Baker. It's cool. I'm Brandon cool Baker. I'm cool with that. That's what the checks say. I'm cool with that. <laughs> or Reese Young. Yeah. I don't know. How, well, how'd you come up with Reese Young? Uh, be honest with you? Yeah. Uh, Reese Young comes from all the aliases I've had since I was a little kid. Oh, yeah? Put all together in one. Well, what are those aliases? Uh, B.R. Young, B. Reese, Young B. I, yeah. I went through a lot of transitions throughout these years since 99. I went through a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's we're all growing, right? Yeah. And that's pretty much it. You know, I've been Reese Young for about 11 years now. Yeah. And, that's uh, That's where the... Somebody uh, come out with a name remotely close to that. I'm gonna have to have another growth spurt. Yeah, you know, but I don't, I haven't had that in a while. So were were some of the changes just kind of driven by like other names just popping up, and you just kind of looking for yeah. your your individual yeah. within yeah. the space? Yeah, most definitely. Like a lot. This is one guy. Um, at uh, JC actually, uh-huh. and uh, I didn't know the guy. <coughs> And his name was B. Reese. He's from another place. You know, oh, yeah. I didn't know him. And, you know, um, I had to change it from there. Uh-huh. You know, but I had to, my own individuality was very important to me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even back then, my, we never really knew each other as far as how, thing, how we was doing back then, you know, in school and everything. I was really heavy in the music during school. I didn't even think that it was... A lot of music things going on here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And if you remember, I, um, you know, I was freestyling in a cafeteria one day, and uh, they said it was a race riot. 
Really? Yeah, they printed it up and they ran a whole article about it in the school newspaper and everything. It's weird. I remember they ran an article <laughs> in um so yeah, this is in high school, so they ran I remember they ran an article showing like a picture yeah. of the cafeteria and yeah. there's like a clear cut line. <laughs> like weird. here are all the white kids and like here are all the black kids over here. It was weird. That coming from the inner city transitioning to out here it was totally different for me yeah so let's 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 back up a little bit let's go there so because you're not from this like this central missouri area of jefferson no. city fulton columbia no. you're from you're from st louis yes, sir. north city 2900 sullivan and garrison you know yeah all day long yeah in the city but you know i uh i uh Came out here to, I originally came out here, in, when I was in middle school, I came out here, I was going to Bluewood Middle School on CAS yeah. in St. Louis, and we tri- we had a, like a architect field trip uh-huh. to where I first went to JC, okay. you know what I'm saying, and uh, we had, we took it as, I took it as a field trip, and and that's my first time ever actually knowing about Jeff City actually coming in for a field trip. Really? So, I actually used to live on uh, on a 13th in CAS. Really? Yeah, right there on 13th Street. That's crazy. Yeah, man. <laughs> I lived there for about a year. And um, so so at that time, so have you ever really left the city too much or traveled a whole lot? Or, like, what, yeah. was, what was it like as, like, kind of growing up in that area? Because you hear stories, right? But, yeah. but like, when you talk to people who've actually lived there, like, they never match, you know, the horror stories. Well. Sometimes they do, though. So what what was what was your experience like? Well, to be completely honest, uh, the, those horrors was normal. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, coming from where I come from, you know, things like that was a normal thing. It's just life. Yeah, that was just, like, it's like drinking water. That was a normal thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I say around 2002. You know, I transitioned from here, from the inner city out to Jeff City, and it was total culture shock. Was it a culture shock? Super, I can imagine. Super. You know, but that's not the only place I've lived. I've lived in Pensacola, Florida as well. Oh, yeah? And I uh, lived there for about a good six years, came back to St. Louis. I was a little kid then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I done been a little bit of... Kind of bounced around yeah. a little bit. Uh, I've been out of the country a few times as well. Oh, nice. Where at? Um, my grandmother took me to uh, Mexico and um, China. Oh, wow. That's dope. Yeah, when I was a little kid. See, that's good you got those experiences as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I think, you know, it opens your mind up to possibilities and, and just different ways of life. Um, I can remember when we was over there, uh, I said some of the most silliest shit, man. Um, <laughs> I I was asked, that's when I found out that uh, what we eat in St. Louis is uh, like homeless food. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't really <laughs> like crab ragoons and chicken fried rice. That's what they eat. It's like street the food. Homeless, like that's what homeless people eat there. Really? And then like it, it was bothering me that you know they you know when I get back home like wow they made a killing off of. Homeless food, and we we idolize it and raise it to this high standard when it's actually homeless people food. That's interesting. And it was, it was weird for me. Really? So what did like the like the more like higher class people eat typically? Do you remember? I don't know. I had a and then my grandmother got an interpreter and uh, he found out what I wanted to eat 
And oh, yeah. He, once they actually made it, it didn't look like how it looks over here. Yeah. You know, they don't know what St. Louis style Chinese rice is. Like, it was weird, man. Well, St. Louis, but hey, St. Louis rice is, there's nothing like that in oh, the no. world. Oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. That is something special. Of course it is, man. And um, I was fortunate enough to have a lot of uh, culture shocking experiences as a kid that, you know, kind of like, broke the mold for me, you know, as a kid. So I really didn't just stick to the norm. I've had a chance to see a little bit of more different horizons. Yeah, that really matters, yeah. having those experiences. You, does that play an influence in, like, your music today? Um, Those early experiences? Yeah, you know, life experience, period. Plays a difference in my music. Well, what is well, what are let's what are your influences as far as like what are like your musical influences? What's your what's your your introduction to music? What, what you know what I mean? Like what? Well, what, to be completely honest, what's the you, beginning for you? Um, you want me to start from the beginning? Yeah, man. What's the beginning of your musical experience? Because um, I mean, that's what I'm really interested. I'm gonna really in. roll back the tape, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, being from North City, you know. We had two music stores in our family in St. Louis, you know, and um, one of them was called Downtown Cities and Tapes down there on 4th Street, you know what I'm saying? And uh, the other one on my daddy's side was actually before my time. By the time I was of age, it was uh, like laundromat or candy store or something like that, but it was a record store before. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> growing up, I've always had a music background, you know, and I was always in into music. I was into the the disc jockey version of music more so than the MC side. You okay. Know, I had to I had to grow and nurture and develop that side of it, you know. And um, when I was in high school in Roosevelt, you know, uh, I actually uh, school had to like stop, you know, because like kids, you know, kids was leaving out of their classrooms to come see the latest music that I had. Back those back in those times, I was selling everybody else's albums oh. because we had um, that. That was when the real mixtape era started. Oh, you're hustling the mixtapes. Yeah, like I was really like, it, they wasn't my mixtapes. These was like known guys, known mm -hmm. industry guys already. And uh, this was around early two thousands, and uh, when the mixtape era was like yeah. back dead on, and. Uh, I was making a killing in high school, and uh, yeah, it man. got to the point to where I got in trouble because uh, it was causing so much friction in high school as far as the teachers being able to teach. Bro. Kids was just getting up, walking out of class, going to the class I was at to see what I had. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah, I got in trouble for that. Ooh, <laughs> well, you're a little entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, I was really like, yeah, I could make one status right now on Facebook. Like, who remember that? Like. And it'd probably get crazy a little bit. That's funny. You know, but, but I had to, doing it in the midst of that, man, I had to literally stop that. And, you know, I started getting in trouble and following the wrong crowd, you know what I'm saying, when I was in the city. And uh, my pop wasn't having that. So he just snatched me up. And next thing you know, I was at Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> you know, and that's when the culture shock began. Yeah, I bet that was just a complete 180 as far as the people. Yeah. The the whole scenery was a whole 180 for me. For real. I don't know. You might not remember this. We actually had class together, and it might have been like 6th or 7th grade. I don't remember the year, but um, 
I remember this shit, and it's so funny now. But I was like in the back of the classroom. Do, you did pants me, like <laughs> I was in the back of the classroom, and like I was just sharpening my pencil, and like you just pulled my shorts down. You did pants me. It's the funniest shit though when you think about it. Like that's what kids fucking do, man. Dude, I did that. I'm pretty sure you did. Oh, I we think so. We, we don't do that where I'm from. That's kind of weird, but uh, maybe. Oh no, that's kind of like. Uh, I'm pretty sure because I almost got into a scuffle with um, this other kid. His name was. Uh, do you remember him? His name was Tony. He was a light skinned dude. No, man. Ah, I'm pretty sure. I was just like ah, but like I look back on that and I'm just like uh, it's like it's just funny. Like that's what kids like. Kids are just what, silly now, ass now, shit. Now was I was I the one that was standing there? What you know, like, because a lot of times, you know, I'm a, I was always a big guy, and kids Anything's was possible. Kids was a lot faster than me, and they'd do something then hide behind me. Or, that could have been it. You know, like, see, and here's the thing, and here's like my that. memory. So here's my memory. So now that I'm sitting here talking to you about it, maybe you didn't do it. <laughs> I maybe I just fucking remember it wrong. In all these years, I'm just like, damn man, maybe uh, wow, he's fucking. The- <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> like I don't feel like any like any sort of way about it. Right. But it's just like this memory that I've had. All and, this time? And maybe it's fucking completely wrong. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's you know, funny. That, that's, like a, that's like a thing where, you know, kids from out here that come up out here, that's something that they would do. You know what I'm saying? Like kids are I'm fucking from, silly. We didn't we didn't walk up on people and pull their pants down. They just kind of weird. Like we just did. We, I just don't would never see myself doing that. Well, if, if like I remember correctly, like you, like you were just sitting in your chair. And like you just turned around and just did it. You know what, man? I I was a bad kid. You know what I'm saying? Maybe so you did, maybe you did. Probably did. I, could, I, I don't know. Man. Anything's fucking did. possible. I mean, kids do silly shit for a laugh. Yeah, and I was more so on the class clown side of things, so I probably could have done it. You Who know knows? I don't know. It's not a big deal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally fucking sorry. I, I would never do this shit. That's crazy, man. Uh, That's dude, crazy. I used to do some silly ass shit as a kid, man. Silly ass shit, man. Just I can think of times like in elementary school, like kind of being a little bit of a bully, like right. for no fucking reason. Like why? Like why would kids are just shitheads? Well, I know you was a wrestling guy. You know, in high school I and was, I, and I remember you and Bagby had like a big fight. We did in um. Yeah, that was like the talk of the. That was in eighth grade. Yeah, that was like the talk of the school for a while, like. Like that. Was, yeah, that, I remember that. Shit. Yeah, I just remember getting beat up by Will. <laughs> I just He was just really mad at me One for Out of nowhere He was just fucking mad Like he kind of had Anger issues And he got mad And I was just like Man I'm not gonna be No fucking punk about this I just like stood up I thought maybe He was gonna push me And I was gonna hit him first Cause that's what kids Usually did Not Will He hit me (laughs) Hit me immediately Yeah and then um, We just kind (coughs) of Scuffled on the ground A little bit Man I heard I heard he was in I heard he was in prison He is now Well he did go to prison and then, um, yeah, I think he's back in prison. I don't know all the circumstances. Yeah, I, I just tend to distance myself from negativity. I don't. I'm not about that shit. So if, if there's like a lot of negative surrounding any sort of person, I just go my own way. Man, I feel it's the best way to be, man. Uh, free Mr. Bagby. You know, I don't know the circumstances either. You yeah. Know, I wish him his best and to his family. Maybe. Yeah. Hopefully he does well in the in the future. You gotta make you gotta make better choices. Where? Yeah, yeah. So, so current day, or actually, hold on. I don't want to. I don't want to jump too much time. When did you? When did you actually 
you were your hustle mixtapes you mm-hmm. got in you know you, you came to jeff city mm-hmm. uh when when did you kind of find your uh your path into actually like rhyming and being an mc well <clears throat> being from st louis like nobody was nobody cared to be an mc you know, everybody, we're more of a dance city than anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So by the time I transitioned from Jeff C- from St. Louis to Jeff City, you know, I met Marco, you know, and uh, I met Marco. Then I met my man Grind, you know what I'm saying? His name is Antoine Grant. Shout out to my brothers and everything. He's here now, you know, and uh, he pretty much kind of like taught me everything I know. You know, I kind of like, you know, I was a real young guy around Marco and uh, Grind, you know. We actually started this uh, group, where well, they started it, and it was called Black Pro. And um, I kind of was like one of the most prominent students that they had. You know, like, these guys were so fluid with their music and on it, you know, and I was the one that was sitting back taking notes, listening, and they was... My man Antoine Grand Gerard Arville, that's what he called himself. He kinda like um just started like hooking like 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 when you have a fight and you get hurt, you gotta rehabilitate. You know. He kinda like rehabilitated me with like nothing but hip hop. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And it was so different for me that I got overloaded on it. You know what I'm saying? Being from St. Louis you know, we're a flyover state, you know. Missouri is a flyover state. Everybody fly over us to get to where they're going. Yeah. I didn't know anything about hip-hop like that. You know, I didn't know that that was a way of life. I didn't know that, you know, I didn't know that it was levels. I didn't know any of that. Oh. You know, it's kind of like he started training me for, like, lyrical kung fu, you know, and, like, and I had so, I came to the table with so much as a young guy. That, you know what I'm saying, I possessed so much and didn't know, you know what I'm saying, already. Yeah. And, like, he gets kind of, like, I mean, he showed me how to, like, orchestrate my rhymes and, you know, write songs and a lot of different stuff. He showed me a lot of things that I know today, and he's still continuing to show me, you know what I'm saying, and um, it's getting crazy. It's good to have that mentor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, he's kind of been, like... These guys have been, like, my life coaches since I was, like, 17. Okay. You know what I'm saying? More, like, even even outside of music, they've been there for me more than my own family has. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I owe, the, I owe those guys a lot of credit, especially Marco. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, just whenever you came up, you're like, you're like, yeah, that's my brother. Like, there's, like, you know, there's, like, there's no like m- no beat missed in yeah. that state. Like you're just, you're just like yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like I'm like, oh shit. Where I didn't even know. <laughs> like like don't get me wrong. Like I um no we're Masonic brothers. You know what I'm saying we're not blood brothers or nothing. But you know we we it's just it's just as yeah blood brothers. You know? Yeah, I mean family doesn't necessarily have to be blood. Where we was homeless together, so we kind of like have a very real experience of why we're, our brotherhood is so deep. Oh, whoa. Okay, so we can't gloss over that. You're homeless? Yeah, yeah. Me and Marco, we were actually homeless around uh, 2010, 2011. Really? And, um, yeah, like, it just, 
Uh, we just didn't have anywhere to stay, man. You know what I mean? And it just, it was a dark time in our lives. Yeah, what led to those circumstances, you, you know, feel? Uh, I actually got kicked out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? My mom, you know, she kind of kicked me out. Like, you know, I came out here to live with her, you know, and I guess I wasn't living with her for the last, like, almost eight years. Uh-huh. And uh, when I got out here, you know, she had to really kind of, like, really relearn who I was. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it just didn't didn't work. I was the oldest at that time, so it just didn't work, man. We had a lot of – I come from a real rugged background, you know what I'm saying? And um, it was just bad, so she just kicked me out, you know. Yeah. And um, I had to get it how I had to get it. And uh, Marco, he was on his own, too. We kind of just, like, bonded together. Yeah, just some young guys trying to figure it out. Yeah, and, and, and music really kept us together. You know, they kept us away from, they kept us away from, like, doing things that would lead us in jail, and, you know, we, they, music really kept us nailed down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So then that, is that kind of, was that the birth of kind of the, the studio and, and the label? And Blue House? Blue yeah. House is more of a new monster. Okay. Blue House, Blue House derives from so many different things, so many different elements that we've went through through the years. You know, Blue House is Black Pro, all of that through the years combined into what we are today. Yeah. You know, and um, we 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 we're gonna relaunch it again. So okay, so what was it? At, what was it at first? It was everything. It was black. It was it was Grid House. It's it's Grid House now. You know, that's what it is now. Blue House is kind of like over with. Okay. You know, and uh, you know. Marco goes through so many bur- growth spurts. Yeah. It's probably going to be something else three, four years from now. Yeah. Like he, he, he just transitions like that. Now with my new nephews and everything, like, I never know what space he's in right now. So he will, hey, is this this is what it is right now. So yeah, like, we're changing again. Like, that's just, we just well, level I mean, up all yeah, the time. Yeah, I mean, growth is key. And, um, yeah, too many people get stuck in, in – this idea of like, well, I said I'm this today, and, right. I, and now I have to be this tomorrow. No, that's not Marco at all. Like, he would transition within a blink of an eye. That's it. When he grow, he literally grows. Yeah. You know, and and everything around him grows. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm really thankful to to share these experiences with a person like like that. You know what I'm saying? Because I've never met nobody like him, and. Um, he actually hated me when we first met each other. For real? He thought I was trash. Like, he used to just tell me all the time, yo, Reese, you're trash. Got him my face. You don't know how to make a single yet. And he was right. I didn't know how to make, you know, a single or nothing like that. I just knew how to go off the top of my head and just that'll be what it is. And the minute that I just stopped rhyming, there came a time where he made me stop rapping. Really? Yeah. Like, I listened to him so much that I literally stopped and went into the back cave. And that's when I just started, like, getting sharp. You know, I just went in the train. Like, how you go, like, say, Vince, you put on a few pounds, you got to go get it off. Yeah. You go get in straight train mode. And that's what I done lyrically. Yeah. You know, and then I came out. Next thing you know, I was I was ready. Hmm. What made you, what made you, if, like, with him kind of being so hard on you, what made you keep coming back for that? Um, well, I come from an abusive family. You know, and um, for him to tell me my records was trash, I was used to that. That wasn't shit for you. No, but if I wasn't, like, I became addicted to 
his head like really bobbing while he's recording you. Okay. And if he's not doing that, the music is trash. Okay. You know what I'm saying? He easily, no matter how long I would spend on a record or records, he would, yo, yo, B, you could do a lot better than this. Yeah. It's trash. And, and he could literally just be joking around sometimes, and I literally would scrap it and start from scratch all over again. Really? So, so for him just to, you know, put that, have me under that constant pressure for years, I became what I am now. Yeah. You know, so now when I go in, it's just flawless. And things that I do become flawless, like over records. And hey, I, yeah. Hey, the practice makes perfect. Yeah, man. Well, that makes me, um, it makes me think of uh, of a quote that Mike, my old wrestling coach, mm-hmm. made me think of. Uh, you say pressure is a privilege. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if a coach wasn't putting pressure on you, like if a mentor isn't paying attention to you, saying something to you, then they don't care. Right, right. So, you know, pressure is a pressure. So, you know, it's like, you know, pressure can bust pipes, but it also makes diamonds. Most definitely, yes. And he definitely put a lot of pressure on me. Especially when our family broke up, our black pro family, you know, shout out to everybody that got locked down. You know, everybody don't make the best decisions in life. But me and Marco, we stuck together through a lot of trials and tribulations, and uh, he really pushed me. He pushed me a lot. He was always supportive, you know what I'm saying? And I don't come from a big support system. Yeah. You know, I come from a sector where not everybody really knows how to support. Like, if we're not on the same level, you know what I mean? I don't know how to... I don't really know how to support a person that's on the level that's, that I'm not. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like the section that I come from. Yeah. You know, and I still battle with that to this day. So what do you mean when they're like when you say like they're not on the level that you're on? No, like like being from a family that you know everybody pretty much does the same thing. Yeah. When you that eyeball that you choose to do something else other than go with the go with the wave of what everybody else does. Okay. You know it kind of gets weird. You know, and that's kind of like how my how my family is as far as, like, my mother, brothers and sisters. I have brothers and sisters. And, you know, they don't really – I was the one that went left when everybody else went right. Okay. So, uh, so like, you see – I see that a lot just kind of in society in general, kind of at all levels. It's kind of like if you kind of – if you're not following the norm, yeah. whatever that norm is, right. then everybody wants to pull you down to their level. Like, if you're just trying to do something better or just something different – it's just like, well, what are you, what, what are you doing that for? Right. You know, why are you doing that? Like, you, you think you're better than what, than what we're doing? Like, you can't do this. Yeah, yeah, and and we have a lot of, you know, what I'm saying, issues that derive from things like that. But, you know, I kind of just through the years, I just tried to stay strong. I've had Marco, you know, what I'm saying he didn't do nothing but help usher me through a lot of life issues that I had. Yeah. And, um. I just kept moving, man. Even to this day, you know, it kind of shocks my my family still that I that my record made the Billboard charts. Yeah, that's dope. Let's talk about that. What? Yeah. So yeah, tell tell me about the 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 album and and tell all the folks kind of what you got going on there. Well, um, my tape, uh, Unlucky Me, that was one of five actually. That that is like the f- first section of this five part series that I have of like different auras and bodies of music. And Marco chose for that one to be first. You know, why I have no clue. You know, a lot of those songs come from my personal archive. You know, like American Made. Nobody will ever know. American Made is almost 
six years old. Oh, really? You it's know a good album. It's a good song. Like, like, um, and that's one of Marco's favorite songs. Yeah, I like that song too. He wrote that song, and he produced that song. He didn't write the lyrics, as far as on my part, but everything else he wrote it. Okay. You know, and I love when Marco writes. His his pen is crazy, and um, that song, and what else is on that joint? Um, the truth. You got uh, uh, so many other different records that I've had that come from, once again, my personal archive. Like, I have a big archive of music that sometimes when it's time for me to put out a tape, I will go through and put some of the coolest records together. They have to sound, they have to sound like they, they, like they go to with, it, with each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, it was just, I didn't, I didn't think that I could hit the billboards, man. You know what I'm saying? I, re- I really didn't, you know what I'm saying? I actually cried like a motherfucker. So which billboard exactly did you hit? Me, the uh, Northwest Central from from all over the world. That's what they classify this as. Okay. Right? This section here, Northwest Central. Okay. You know, you know, we Missouri, you smack that in the middle, so. Yeah. You know, they classify it as that hip-hop and R&B joints around that time. Okay, yeah, because I don't really know a lot about it, so. I, hey, I didn't know either, <laughs> you know, but, but me peeking on their charts and uh, having people support Unlucky Me Project, I found out what I hear that. You know what I'm saying? And now I know through that experience, I know my next time what I can possibly do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my, my next joint, Dirty Joe, that's um that should be released in the next few weeks. And uh it's all pro- it's not produced by Marco. He mix and masters it, but he doesn't pro- he don't have any production on it. My man Jay Sonata, I met him at uh Lincoln University back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Okay. Maybe two thousand eight. I I've known Jay Sonata for years. Me too is what everybody calls him. I call him that too. But that's my next project. I have um so many more after that. Like I said, that's a five part. That's like a five part series. Okay. It's Unlucky Me, Dirty Joe, uh, Thoughts at Random Rise. Um, what else is it? Uh, uh, Blind Sullivan Kid. Okay. Um, what else I got? What else I got? Uh, and uh, Unlucky Me that one already released. But um, <clears throat> did I forget one? I'm thinking I'm forgetting one. Yeah, I think I think you said Unlucky Me twice. But I, I, I know it's Unlucky Me, Blind Sullivan Kid, Dirty Joe, Thoughts at Random Rise. What was the fifth one? Hmm, have I created the fifth one? Hmm, I'll get back to you on that one. Okay, it's, a, it's in the works. I'll get, I'll get back to you <laughs> on that one. Let me go to the drawing board. <laughs> Which one are you looking forward to the most? Um, or are you just happy about just kind of the entire series? Um, To be honest with you, man, um, Can you a lot of them. Child? A lot of them have different, different love because a lot of them come, a lot of them is pulled from different parts of me. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And they're all small little parts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're. This is eventually gonna lead back to my my original, you know, the cassette series that I put out. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I put out the cassette what, two thousand eleven? You know, my first cassette side A, I put it out in two thousand eleven. Nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew that I put it out. I really didn't know how to market my music then. It's a big part of it. My man, um shout out to my man Sharif. You know, Sharif recorded it. 
you know, and uh, around that time, it was a rough time for me because I was recording music while I was taking care of my grandmother, oh. you know what I'm saying, and I was even in studio sessions with my grandmother, you know what I'm saying, and I wasn't able to really hit my mark the way that I wanted to hit it because, you know, I had to look after her, you know, and um, it was a real stressful time for me, you know what I'm saying, I was breaking down crying in the studio because my music and my brain wasn't coming out the way I wanted it to come out. And I was just getting really frustrated, you know, dealing with a lot of life stress and everything. But um, people just kept on asking me, like, small amounts of people that, that listened to my music was like, yo, we, come on, man, you the only dude around here with this type of sound and make this type of music. Where it's at, we waiting on it. And I just was like, ah, all right. So I kind of mustered up and started the engine and got everything going and I got it out. I put it out, and there's one thing starting a project. Finishing it is a whole nother thing. Yeah, you got to finish. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm Marco definitely stays on me about that, and I'm very keen and big on that. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely like to sit down and talk with him. He seems, um, I've only kind of uh, been around him one time, and he has <laughs> a lot of energy. Yeah, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a handful. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And uh, he's a super handful. He's a great guy. Great yeah. energy. Great spirit. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for that spirit. Yeah, so he's constantly pushing you. He's constantly on you Word. to finish. Word. Then next time, next thing you know, he uh, we got together again and done it again. Cassette side B. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I started to understand what was really happening. You know, I can create music all day, but knowing how to work my music is a whole nother thing. Yeah. So I done Side B. I put it out. I printed up 500 copies of that. That's it. You know what I'm saying? I, that was, this was my shot, you know, because I'm, like I said, I work for a school. You know what I'm saying? I do other little things. This was my time to figure out being 29, 28, 29 at the time. This was my shot to figure out, okay, if people really don't rock with this, like side A, then you know what? Maybe I, it's time for me to hang it up. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I literally felt That's that That's kind of where you were at that point. That's where I was. And um, I actually was praying one night, you know what I'm saying, while I was going through the trial and tribulations of putting out side B. And I was talking to God, like for real, in my living room. And next thing you know, he was like, you know what, man? He blessed me with all these skills, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to hang it up. Next thing you know, I just start choking in my, in my home. I just start choking late at night. My girl couldn't hear me. I couldn't. I couldn't scream. I couldn't do nothing, and I, and it, it got to the magnitude of me falling over my couches and everything, because I was panicking. So you know, to be honest, I sat there and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Me and my relationship with the Heavenly Father is totally different than most. You know what I'm saying? I sat there and was like, you know what? I apologize for being so disrespectful of being, you know what I'm saying, of not appreciating the God-given talent that I have and and, and and things like that. I literally ran down the whole nine to to the Heavenly Father. Next thing you know, I was good. And I told him I was never going to do that again. Next thing you know, I could breathe again. And it was weird. And it, <laughs> experiences like that, you know what I'm saying, really give me a lot of insight on what's really going on. Yeah, does it? Do you feel like that gives you um, just like an added like, just like to have that true belief in what you're doing? Right. You know what I mean? Because right. it's like, because 
I feel like to reach any level of success or just if if you're just trying to go for any sort of greatness, like you have to believe it. Like you have to already know that it's happened. Like right. it's go like like it's it's already done. Like this work that I'm doing now, like like I'm gonna look back on it and like this is gonna be like these are the fucking best times. Like I'm living the best times right now. Right. And and the success is inevitable. It's already done. I just gotta do this work now. Right. But sure. having that belief and just knowing like that's the case, like I, that's that's necessary. Dude, like for real, for real, like and that's what that's what let me know, you know, that I really need to keep really need to keep going and then after that I start asking I start asking the creator for signs you know what I'm saying like I see a lot of spiritual things I heard in the world or whatever people coming up with all these cool things to say I actually want to see things on my own so I start asking I start putting that energy out into the atmosphere like I want you to give me a sign if this is what I'm supposed to keep doing just give me a sign you know and next thing you know 2000 Early 2000s, middle 2000s, whatever, around the time me and Grits met and went to Memphis and sold our first record. I had the first chance to meet Carlos Brody. Carlos Brody is uh, one of the original Bad Boy producers. Okay. And um, he made a lot of Biggie records that I was listening to. And uh, I was down there and uh, in the studio with those guys, you know. And... Um, Marco was like, yeah, man, get your ass up, take your headphones off, man, go ahead and introduce yourself, man, you're just sitting there and just, you don't you don't even know who that man is, go talk to him, introduce yourself. Yeah. He's a cool guy, you know what I'm saying, old old school cop, you know what I mean, and uh, I went up to him, walked up to him, introduced myself, and he asked me what I was listening to on my iPod, this was some years ago, this is when we had those fat little iPods. Yeah. So I'm just, you know. Had my joint rocking, and I, he asked me what I was listening to. I told him I was listening to West Beef. I was listening to the original B.I.G. album. He was like, oh, cool, yeah, I made that. that, that y'all still rocking to that? And I had to take the look. I had to take my headphones off for a second. Like, yo, what? Like, you made what? Yeah, man, you know, I made a lot of those joints. Oh, yeah, that's the, yeah, I made West Beef. He showed me the sample and everything started running down through so much other stuff that he whoa. created, and I was just sitting there like, "Whoa, um, okay, man, um, get the fuck out of here!" Like, I, like I really he, was sitting there. Being from Missouri, I, you know, what I'm saying I don't really get starstruck much because I don't see we don't see stars for real. Too. Yeah, they're not around here. You know, I don't really see a lot of popular people, so I'm sitting there like, "Yo, you really made that shit, man." Yeah, man. You know, such and such, such and such, man. I, I've known him for years. Good guy good guy you know and that was my first sign you know what i'm saying and uh we got to chopping it up and i asked him you know notorious big is the reason why i do what i do you know because he was a heavy set guy you know what i'm saying and you know coming up in the city i was really teased a lot you know and um uh, i knew when i had the power of that microphone i wasn't really teased much you know what i'm saying so as a young kid, I kind of really idolized B.I.G. because of his size, you know, and he had so much style, him and Big Pun. But back to the B.I.G. story, man, that just was, uh, that was my first time meeting yeah. Carlos Brody as far as, like, keeping going with music and being inspired. Yeah, well, I mean, the energy you put out is, you know, the energy that you receive. And, um, right. 
And sometimes, yeah, sometimes you just cross paths with with those right people that keep you. Keep it you was motivated. crazy. It was crazy. I eventually got some production from Carlos Brody. I didn't get a chance to use it because he sold it, you know. But that's still my man, and uh, we definitely got some things rocking and cooking for the future. That's dope. That's dope. So, so Biggie was was your that that's your your reason there. Like that's your your early early influence. Notorious B.I.G. You know, Big Pun, Jay Z. Cool G rap. Yeah, that's know, what uh, you're listening to. Kind of, you think that yeah. kind of, uh, kind of influenced your style a little bit. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, without a doubt. Because I, I ain't really know. Like one, one thing about me, you know, a lot of people call it weird. A lot of people call it strange. And I don't listen to a lot of music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even, even though I've worked in, our family has music stores and I have a big background. I don't listen to a lot of music. I listen to what I think is cool for my spirit and my ears. I don't listen to what everybody else think is cool. Like, like right now, like, it, since Big died, I kind of feel like Jay-Z replaced him. Yeah. And I've been listening to Jay ever since Big died. But when Big was alive, I wasn't listening to Jay. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't, there was no reason for me to listen to him. But when Big died, I was listening to Jay. When Pac died, I kind of like just trans. I was actually that little kid that was sitting in front of the TV crying that Pac had died. Yeah. Biggie had died. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because those was like big things. Yeah, I remember when Pac died. You know, it was yeah. crazy. You know, it was actual big things. But, yeah, just because of big size and his his style and charisma, you know, I wanted that like as a kid. Yeah, I mean, they, he has a lot of power with his words. Yeah, and that, that really... That really started to groom who I am to this day. Okay. You know, and uh, big pun, definitely. You know, yeah, he was ill. He guys, big guys with su- superior lyricism that always wanted to be in that light. You know, and being from Missouri is kind of hard, but I had to, I had to stay on my target. And I had to keep practicing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now around here. Around this region, little area here, as far as the underground scene, I'm pretty much one of the heavy hitters. Yeah. As far as supreme lyricism. It doesn't really exist around here, for real. You know, as far as, like, originality and a lot of things, it really doesn't really doesn't exist, you know. But back to the initial thing, yeah, man, that's Notorious B.I.G. is the reason why I try to rhyme and try to have a lot of style and I don't emulate B.I.G., you know. I used to, you know what I'm saying? I used to emulate Jay-Z a lot, too. Yeah. You know, because being from Missouri, we don't really have nobody to show us how to really rock the mic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was a, I was a student before I was an MC. Yeah. And I listened to these guys so much, man. And uh, there came a time where in my life now where I had to break away from all of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I can easily... You know what I'm saying? It's easy to copy off of somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's easy to do. But how how easy is it to be an original? You know, and and being from where I'm from, all we have to look at is the arch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want it to be something else, you know what I'm saying, for the city to look at as far as hip-hop goes. Yeah, yeah no, for sure, because uh, it's... It's definitely you have to know who you are. I think that's probably a, a pretty common, you know, path travel for a lot of artists. You know, when you're young, mm-hmm. you're still kind of learning who you are. You just kind of emulate, 
Word. you know what who you're listening to or, or and you i mean you still see that even well-developed artists it's like oh he definitely has an obvious influence of insert whoever right that's interesting that you uh you kind of listen to a very like small like amount of people yeah. at a time yeah and i do rock to some new school guys you know what i'm saying kendrick love kendrick yeah kendrick came out what well i I've heard of Kendrick years ago, but didn't know that his name changed. You know what I'm saying? But um, when Kendrick, Good Kid, Mad City came out, I really felt the, I really felt the growth spurt from the industry for us putting him out. Yeah. Because he was definitely needed. Yeah, I dug once. Way well, yeah, once I heard that, then I dug into his his earlier albums that he oh, had yeah. put out. Oh yeah. And then just uh, I w- I dug into that entire record label. I, I uh. uh <laughs> Fucking, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now from everybody. TDE guys, they're yeah, crazy. all those TDE guys. But uh, fucking, who else on TDE? Well, from my knowledge, you got it's a lot of people now. But you know, I remember just Kendrick. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking out everybody's name. J Rock, um, yeah, uh, J Rock, Schoolboy Q, Absol. Yeah, I love Absol. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, I'm glad you said. That. I just drew a complete blank there. Those but those guys um, are crazy. Yeah, no, that was it. Because like, whenever I was growing up, man, like the very first CD that I bought was the Friday soundtrack. Word, the man, original. Yeah, man. Oh <laughs> fuck, that was That's crazy. That was my that was my first CD I ever bought, and I had that shit on replay. Oh, Cost- yeah. Man, I love that shit. But um, man, I've listened to music from all eras from all across the country. Like anything I could get my hands on, I was listening to. Like. I would trade like I had a whole like collection, and then like my 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 best friend like my brother Tony like he had it, and then like we trade, and then like I had an uncle that had like a huge collection. I got all his music, and then yeah. like I just I would just get everybody's music. So like I had everything from like from like the seventies all the way to the current at that time, from like the south to the east to like the west coast. Like I loved it all. Like right. I, I just wanted all the music. That's what's up. That's what's yeah, up. man. Like I was listening to like Too Short and E Forty and The Click, and like and Mac Ten and just everybody from the West Coast. And then like I'm also listening to like Do or Die and Twista and Bone Thugs. Oh, yeah. And like and then I'm going down and like I'm listening to Devin the Dude and Scarface and uh, and fucking Ghetto Boys and just and trick daddy and and then you like and then you got obviously like the wu-tang and nas and just so many people mf doom like all obscure people yeah. from the mainstream to the obscure like there's just so many artists like marco loves mf doom yeah mf goes That's hard man. man yeah he just he just put out a new uh collab album not that long ago really yeah yeah um yeah i just i listen to so much music and like i always and for a while there i used to pride myself like oh man anything that's coming out on like on the underground scene i was on it like i was on that piff like anything that's coming out, i was right. looking for it man so I just I was just trying this, to get it all. You gonna think this is really weird, you know? Black thought. I just got into black thought. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I never always looked at it, rap as like a hierarchy thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I always thought if he was the goat, that's all I need to be listening to. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I thought Jay's well, Jay is the goat from my perspective, but you know, there's there's guys that that watch Jay. You know what I'm saying? Lyrically in some points. You know, and I growing still being young in, 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 in hip hop, underground hip hop, I still 
am new to a lot of different aspects of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Once again, it comes back to being a Missouri guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not exposed to so much things like these other guys are. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just now getting into Black Thought, and it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, his pen is amazing as far as, like, his lyrical skill and the the heights and levels that he's taking things. Yeah. You know, it's I'm, and, and it's scary because I'm wondering why isn't it, why aren't people paying attention? So tell the folks about Black Thought who might not know. Well, Black Thought, he's a Philly artist, well-rounded, seasoned Philly MC. And uh, he's actually the, the, the rapper from The Roots. That's where everybody pretty much can connect with him. Right, know who kind he of is. easy place the to ra- put him. The only rapper from the, from, from, from the Roots, and he's just, yeah, dude, he's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. How cerebral some of these people get with their rhymes or just this, like, for me, what really put me on to, uh, to like, the, the, the structure and, like, the intricacies of, of like, rhymes was, yeah. it was Scarface. Really? And he would talk about, like, rhyme structure, like, like rhyming certain words like in different bars and like in just the way you place it like you hear him talk about it and i'm just like holy fuck man this is like he has like a phd in rhyming and he's just so fucking good man <laughs> he is one of, he's a definitely a legend shout out to scarface he's definitely a legend one of the original ghetto boys if i'm not mistaken yeah, yeah, he is they're just but there are just so many guys like that right there's so many did you like lupe fiasco were you into him <laughs> Honestly, uh, when Lupe first came out, I I thought he was cool. Yeah, kind of he reminded me so much of Jay Z with the with the way that his style was. Uh huh. But you know, I grew to really like him. Yeah, I grew to really like him once I really found out that he was a Midwest guy. I'm like, oh, yeah, Chicago cat. We got one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I really kind of just clung to him, man. Yeah, I really wish he was more into the forefront of what's going on, but it just seems like he's so conscious that he just plays the back end of what's going on, and his real supporters still support his music. Yeah, but you know, I I really wish I could see more of him. Yeah, he just dropped a new album. Yeah, yeah, was it Wave Waves or something? Tragos something. I, I don't know. I kept on seeing them. There's so, there's up stuff called Waves or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. There's so much music. Yeah. I, do you have Apple? I have Apple Music on my phone. Yeah, and, I, I have it too. And yeah, it's just it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Right. Because <laughs> the way we get music is so different now. You know. It's yeah. Do you find? Do you think that's? Do you find that kind of? Um, I feel like that can be like twofold. Like it can be like a good thing. Because it makes distribution of music easier. Like everybody kind of has a voice now. Mm-hmm. There's not that same like in the old days to where you had to get a re- like a, a a big record label contract and like they were the funnel. Mm-hmm. Like now people can put out music, but on that same note, because of that, it is it can almost be congested, and it, it, or maybe it might be harder to to get your voice heard. Of course, do you think that's the case? Well, in the case for me. Yeah, or like, what do you think about that? Well, in my case, in any working artist case, it depends on your work ethic. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think that it matters that that the the game is really oversaturated. People wanting to be like rappers overnight. You know what I'm saying? It it could be it could be a little overwhelming. Just kind of like when you starting out with your MMA, MMA stuff. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of guys just kind of randomly was like, okay, I want to do that too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
uh, it could get a little oversaturated. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. at the end of the day, the true ones that that really stuck with what they was doing. You know what I'm saying? They still here, and the ones that really didn't. Yeah. They really just didn't really care for it for real. They kind of kind of fell off. Yeah, I think that's the key to any success. It's just putting in the fucking work and, and doing it long enough. Word. You know like, what I mean? Like like Ritz. Like he talks about it took him 17 years to make it. I don't know if you're familiar with that Ritz, rapper. Ritz, guy with uh, the long hair. Yeah, long red hair. Super lyrical. I he's like so, him. He, he's, he's with Tech 9 right? Yeah, he's, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, man, he's, he's ill, but like it took him 17 years. I mean, I just feel like even just from what I've noticed from like the guys who are in high school who are like kind of putting out music, like mm-hmm. the only ones I can think of that are still doing it are like, like you're doing it. And then you're even like, you're like on a quiet hustle. Like I didn't even really know, like you were like, this was like your thing for the long, like what? I saw, yeah. Well, when you put out the cassette side A and B, I was like, oh shit, like for real. Yeah. Like he's been doing his thing. Like he's still out here pushed. Like yeah. I heard you talk about it some, but yeah. I'm just like, well, he, I don't, where's the music? Where's the music? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And yeah. you, you know, and you just you just don't ever know what anybody's doing, man. You yeah. know, so and like, I think of the the most the person in the forefront of my mind who I've always had the most experience with is Fred, Fred Moore. Yeah. And um, like, man. yeah, I mean, I've been friends with with Fred since he moved like here from Detroit. So like. I just see like that where was he's crazy at. for me. I didn't know Fred was originally from Detroit. Yeah, man. I remember he came. It was ninth grade. It was football. We were out. I think it was during the summer event, and we were doing like a football workout. He showed up, and I was like, "We're like, who's this cat?" And I'm sure he was just like, "Man, these these corny ass corn feds." <laughs> he's like, "I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like little." He know like we ready to play. Like, he's like we balling, hey, Fred dog. Fred is hilarious, bro. He's hilarious. Yeah, man. I love that guy. I had him on the podcast. Um, I, I can't. Yeah, so. But I just, I just see the progress. You know, like, you just keep hustling. You keep grinding. Like Shout just, out to Fred. He is grinding. Yeah, man. Like, you just keep doing it. And eventually, like, whether it's music or whether it's – it doesn't fucking matter what it is. Business. It doesn't matter. Like, A plus B equals C. Like, you put in the work, yeah. you will get there. Me and Fred are actually supposed to do some work. We ain't got around to it yet. Yeah. But once, once it happens – it's gonna be crazy. For It'll be killer, here. man. Especially just with with where you guys are at yeah. today, just with the skills and yeah. that would be dope, That's man. Good. We already got something to make it with Marco. Okay, you know what I'm saying. But we just have you know friends in Cali. I'm here. But uh, that's nothing. We're gonna link up and get it together. It just I we haven't like really locked it. down yet. But yeah. We're going to get it in there. Yeah, I would like to see that. Um, like I said, the one time I did hang out with Marco, it was um, it was like a mutual friend, uh, Big Rob. Uh, Big Rob. Yeah. Yeah, it's our Masonic brother. Yeah, so uh, he, uh, it was, I don't know, he, he was doing something for like maybe the fourth or something. But Marco was there. And then I think maybe somebody came over later on the day. It might have even been you, but he was, I heard him upstairs listening to beats and i was like oh shit like and then rob was like yeah man he's a he's a producer he makes beats and stuff and i was like i'm like these are the illest beats i i had ever heard i'm like i'm like i'm like he's making those and then um ever since then i was just this huge fan just kind of just kind of been watching and and seeing i've always wanted fred to work with him (laughs) he should like i think grits is gonna work with him you know um I don't really know if they really chopped it up yet. I think yeah, I don't have. know if they do or not. I just like to see people that I, I know work together. They, they, I'm pretty sure they're going to work together. You know, Fred's and Cali, we haven't really linked it up yet. How Grit's going to work with them. I, I mean, so. life is long. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we got we got time. We're going we gonna to get in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of guys 
It's a lot of guys that won't work with us, though, man. Like, I don't know. I, being out here, when we travel to, like, bigger places like Cali, artists are so unified. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Out here, you know what I'm saying? It's, we don't really have the unity. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, everybody got their own thing going, and it's kind of like uh, we're all chasing the common dream, so we shouldn't work with each other. Like, it, it, Yeah, that's a real scarcity yeah, mindset. Yeah, it's really yeah. silly. But yeah, there's enough for everybody. Me and Fred definitely going to work, and, uh, you know, we got a lot of other things going, too, but uh, Fred is doing his thing out there in Cali. Shout out to Fred. Yeah, yeah, he's hustling, man. He's He's got his hands in a lot of different things. Do you remember the J.C. Killers? Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I remember those motherfuckers, man. Like, I used to try to rock. I used to try to get in there and <laughs> drop a few lines. I used to always be the dude at Marlin Crib just sitting over there in the corner just waiting. Like, all right, fellas, you know what I mean? Let me, can I get in there? Can I rhyme on the mic? They, nah, we, we got it, man. You know what I'm saying? Nah, you can't get this, dog. You can't get this. <laughs> they used to, man, they had it going. They actually had a nice little um, Dude, yeah, they were run. Yeah, they were just putting it out, man. Yeah, just hustling. Hell and, yeah. and Fred's kept that going. Hell yeah. I think all those other guys have stopped except for Fred. Really? Yeah, I mean who was who was in the who was in JCK? They you know, they were classified as a gang. That what, was shocking to me. Could you believe that? Jeff City PD classified me. them as a gang. They're just a bunch of high school kids putting out music. That's all they was doing. They was literally meeting up at Marlin Crib. Down rhyming, the road. Yeah, down, rhyming on the computer. Yeah. All right, they'll get a bunch of cool beats, put a dope, bunch of dope freestyles on there. Yeah. Train them all up. They'll distribute them right there at the house. Yeah, man. Go to school selling them. They had it down packed, you know. People yeah. was actually following what they were doing, too. Like, yeah. Fred just kept the he kept it going. He is he's always had that that hustler's mentality. But yeah, I know it was him, Brock, Marlin. Yeah. Um those three for I just those for sure. Brock was in it too? I, I think, know that. Yeah, Brock. I know he I know he at least did at least he got on a couple songs at least. I don't know if he was on all uh, of them. Uh, but you know, Marlin and Fred for sure. I don't know who else. Uh, yeah, yeah man. I definitely remember Marlin because he lived right we lived literally right next door to me, so I would okay. know who was popping, but I used to ask him, like, yo, when you going to let me rhyme, man? Like, I actually could rhyme. I don't think he took me serious at all. Like, you ain't a J.C. killer, so, you know, I think it's one of those situations. <laughs> you just cut my hair, Reese. You know what I'm saying? That's, I that's think funny. That's, I think that's what it was, but no big deal. Big shout out to Marlon. I haven't talked to him in years. but I randomly saw him in the airport uh, two or three weeks ago. I was going to Austin, and I saw him. Just, really? Yeah, he was just, I think he was just standing there waiting um, on his, I guess maybe his wife. I don't know if his wife or yeah. fiance. Or, I bet that was dope. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool just to see him. It was, yeah, it was super random. I was like, right. what are the odds of this? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I bet that was dope. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah, man. Hell yeah, he is. He was, <laughs> big. He was big then. Yeah, he's always been a little pretty stout. Hell yeah, hell yeah. That's funny, dude. So, so what's so what's next? What's what's coming up? I mean, you just dropped the one. You said you got one coming up in two weeks. Yeah, I got one coming up in a few weeks called Dirty Joe. Um, it's gonna be a ten track joint. You know what I'm saying? My last joint. You know, people like those songs, but they was like, "Oh, we wanted more music." Yeah, it was five. What was five songs, right? They didn't give us five songs. Like, I don't know. That's Marco. You know, he produced it. He he done everything. He was like, "Oh no, I was just giving five. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, no, I want to do more music. They was like, no, let's just do five, man. I've never personally done 
a five song uh, EP, but okay, it was it was new for me. Yeah, I mean it's an EP. You know what I mean? And that's actually my first one. Okay. And um, like I said, I got Dirty Joe coming, and uh, Ten Solid, real smooth Chicago production. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be very uh, it's gonna be very thought provoking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's gonna be nice. Soulful hip hop music. If you like hip hop music, you're like, oh yeah, you gonna rock with it. So how do you find time to do this? Because like I write mean, the music. Well, to to do what you're doing in the music scene. Because I mean, you're working with at full time at school, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I work at High Road School. I'm a school teacher. Like, it's, shout out to my kids. They're so bad. <laughs> you know, I actually write rhymes while I'm in there with them. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying when I have spare time, like why. While we're having like video time, you know, I'm in elementary school now. Like I was in, I was rocking with um, my middle school class. They moved me from middle school to elementary school. So the baby, I got the baby. So when we having like movie time or something like that, I that's the quick little window. I fully use it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh, my time, my downtime at my other job, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like residential. So I just have to sit there with my client and watch him and make sure he ain't doing off into nothing that he ain't supposed to be off into but we have developed a core respect for each other so I can get it in at work too I'll be having him vibing and it's, okay. it's, it's weird because people really connect you know what I'm saying music makes people really connect real music it does it really does it brings people together and having my client's family like literally come across the newspaper and was like hey uh I'm not really, uh, I'm putting two and two together here. Uh, <laughs> and my son's a worker, and uh, here's the newspaper. What's what's up? What, let me know about this. Like, it was crazy. Like That's cool. That was crazy. You yeah, because you put in the work. <laughs> so you've just in, you've integrated it into every part of your life. I have to. You know what I'm saying? I always, I always had that drive. And I always had that knowingly, knowingly by myself to, to, to really put out what what I actually am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it, it's really easy to sit there and create who you want to be through music, but at the end of the day, you have to look yourself in the mirror. You know, and if you don't know that person is looking back, then something's wrong. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everything that I do inside of my actual life it actually takes a toll on my music. When I uh, when I was writing a lot of hardcore stuff when I was younger, you know what I'm saying? I started working with kids. It made me really shift because I started seeing what music does to kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That really, it really, it really, it really pushed me to a space to where maybe I shouldn't do certain things or say certain things. You start realizing the impact of your words, like yeah. the power that you have. You know what I'm saying? My, one of my students taught me... Uh, who 21 Savage was. You know what I'm saying? I had a student. I can't say his name. But, you know, I was giving a math lesson. You know what I'm saying? We getting, him, getting it in with math time, whatever. Uh, he turned my worksheet over and uh, drew a picture of 21 Savage. And I walked up to him. I said, like, yo, young man. Uh, I didn't say yo, but you know, I was in Mr. Baker mode, to be honest. And I was like, young man, um, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> This is not art time. This is math time. Like, what are we doing? Well, you know, uh, 21 Savage don't do math. Why the fuck I got to do math? Oh. What? Okay. That's a, 
That's a way of looking at it. Let's look it up. We I actually pulled up Twenty One Savage, and um, I really kept it professional. And um, it was kind of hard for me to do that viewing content like that in the classroom. I didn't understand who he was or what he was. You know, he's a new school guy. I didn't know who he was. So I just found it out a better way to really just get to the top of the margin how I was going to explain to the kid. Hey, look here. At the end of the day, what he's displaying, he still got to know how to count. Absolutely. <laughs> at the end of the day, whatever he's doing, to get to this point in his career, he has to know how to divide, read. You got to know how to read all these contracts. You got to know how to spell. You got to know how to write. You got to know all of this stuff. You got to do some basic stuff. And from that point forward, I kind of cracked the shell a little bit with one of my students, just a little bit, you know, but I'm still, he's still a work in progress. You know what I'm saying? Music really affects our children, you know what I'm saying? Whether we believe it or not. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And um, I try to stay on a straight and narrow when it comes to me being creative because I can get a little different sometimes. And I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to be a bad influence. You right. know what I'm saying? I had a lot of bad influences growing up and I know what that does to kids. And uh, I know that I don't want to keep, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying, keep that going. So I, have I to can dig that. Yeah. I mean, that's very admirable. I mean, to want to, to want to, to to be that example for kids who may not have that, you Word. know what I mean? Um, do you ever see yourself kind of, I mean, living the life of uh, of hitting the road and, and, and traveling and doing shows? I know you've been doing some shows around here. Do you kind of see yourself hitting the road and doing shows? I mean, we do that all the time. Yeah? You know what I'm saying? Me and Marco, we always at somewhere, you know. we Actually, it'd be hard to make time sometimes, but, you know, I hit the road. I haven't hit the road lately, but. Yeah, I, I would just imagine it might be hard to get away with the school schedule. During the summer, it'd probably be great. Yeah, right? you know, I actually get a little active. But this time, you know, I, I, like to, I like to stick to my formula that I have. You know, I let the skinny guys have the summertime. <laughs> right now, it's time for me to power up. Like, yeah. like around when it get cold, it's, it's my season. So, I pretty much, you're about to see so much stuff. If you're paying attention, you're about to see so much random stuff that I'm starting about getting off into. yeah. Like, Where do you like to go to do your shows at? You just anywhere? Anywhere. You know what I'm saying? I love to I love to go. I love doing shows home. I love yeah. being home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a certain energy that's home that I that I like to capture. You know, and um I definitely one of my dream shows I, I wanna do before I literally while I'm at independent stage, I still wanna do it. I wanna do a show at the House of Blues in New York City. I can dig that. You know what I'm saying? I wanna do that so bad. Like I just I don't care if no one's in the crowd. I just want to be there in that venue doing what I do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I actually want to take a, a trip to, I've never been in New York city. I always wanted to go, you know, I just want to go to the South Bronx and kiss the ground. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's, that's where hip hop comes from. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, I just want to pay homage. Yeah. That's why just, yeah. just go and just be where it's yeah. at. Just what's just, just to feel the energy and just smell the smells and hear the sounds. Dude, and... being from Missouri, dude, like when I was in Cali, I was shocked. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, I watch a lot of movies. And everybody that I was around, all the professionals that I was around, they was looking at me like, Reese, what the fuck? Who is this guy? Like, I was, they was like, Reese, why are you staring at a tree that long? I was like, you got to understand, man. We don't see things like this. <laughs> we don't see things like this in Missouri. This tree, just looking at this tree is just overwhelming to me, man. You got to give me a second, man. This tree, this is beautiful. 
Like for real, like just the, a, just the deep serious. appreciation of yeah, what you don't like, have. Like, like I went live when I was in Cali. Like, you know what? In Missouri, mornings don't feel like this. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was out. I was I forgot where I was at. It was in a beautiful neighborhood. We Air AMBB, whatever that is. Airbnb. Airbnb. We rented a big nice joint, real yeah. big nice joint, and we out there. Uh, we deep off in Cali, you know what I'm saying? You can see the mountains and uh-huh. so much other shit. I'm like, you know what? Mornings do not look like this. I would never wake up stressed. How do people wake up stressed, angry here? Like, it's I don't too get beautiful. it. Yeah, like, I just don't get it, you know what I'm saying? But, man, I I like little cool shit. Like, I, I'm just a dorky-ass dude when you really think about it. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I really appreciate shit like that. They was really tripping off the fact of how... We'll slide past Crenshaw, and I'd be like, yo, that's the exact same movie set that was in uh, Boys in the Hood and Baby Boy. That's exactly how it looked right there. And they was like, um, we know. Like, and? <laughs> we know. Uh, that's funny, man. The, okay. thing, the things you get used to, you know what man. I mean? Hell yeah, bro. But, uh, you know, I, it's so much shit, man, that I'd be off into. I think it's crazy. I got to go back to Cali uh, this year, actually. Well, at the end of this year? No, January, the beginning of the year. I got to go back to Nam, Winter Nam. Uh, we'll be uh, in Anaheim, California again, and uh, me and Marco will be out there. Okay, well, so what you, what's that? What's you say, Winter Nam? Winter Nam. You ever heard of Nam? Mm, what is that? It's kind of like um, it's kind of to me, it's kind of like a big convention of where all the uh, producers, songwriters, you know, what I'm saying, recording. Program engineers, okay. yeah, creators. It's like a big convention. I mean, a lot of these people that make a uh, lot of audio speakers, microphones, all the creators of music. Okay, it's supposed ma- to be ma- music, hardware, software, all of these. You know what I'm saying everything that has something to do with music. This is where they gather at and get a chance to showcase new stuff and futuristic microphones, recording equipment. You know what I mean? All types of stuff. Yeah. Desks, all types of new school shit that's coming out five years from now. Like, it's cool. Like, yeah. I met. It's like everything in music you don't even think about. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot to process, too, if you really ain't up on all of that. And um, this is where they, this this is not a spot where you walk up to the artist and be like, hey, here's my tape. Yeah, check it out. No, they will look at you like the corniest motherfucker alive. It's like, why are you here? Who let you in? Yeah, like, who who, who he with? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, um, T-Pain was just chilling, looking at this desk like, yo, this shit is crazy. Now I I was with Marco. I was like, yo, is that that who that is, dog? And he was like, yeah, Reese, that's him. That's him. It looked like him. So I just walked over to him like, yeah, this desk look crazy. And we just was having a cool little conversation. I was like, yo, you T-Pain, you know? And he was like, yeah, man, don't tell nobody, man. He was some cool little cool shit. It was fun. That's cool, man. You know what I'm saying? And I also had a chance to meet um, Boosie Collins. Who's that? Boosie Boosie Collins. I know that name. Okay. You know, like, Boosie Collins old school. Yeah. He... What's the guy named put out his record? Uh, I bet if I heard it. Stay woke. Man, oh, man. that's the original. Yeah, but you know. Yeah, that was Charles Gambino. Yeah, who did Gambino that. redid he it. That. Yeah, he redid yeah, it. Yeah, I know Boosie Collins. Okay. And I asked him. I said, Yo, how do it feel to have like your music sampled and you know what I'm saying still be going to this day? He was like, Yo, it's just a gift of 
doing timeless music. Yeah, man. There's so many people from that time. Yeah. Their music just will forever live on. Hell yeah. And give me, for him to drop jewels on me and Marco, man, it really, it really kind of rebirthed me and, re, and sent me back to Missouri on, yeah. on a real good note, new wave, you know what I'm saying? And I'm still riding that wave. But um, real good to me, dude. These are, I never expected him to be that humble. You know what I'm saying? It was very good experience. Very good dude. Well, that's dope, man. It sounds like that'll definitely be like the perfect recharger. Oh you yeah. You know, kind of moving into you know 2019. And oh yeah. Got going, man. Oh yeah. I don't know who I'm gonna meet this time, man. Damn, it's gonna be crazy though. Yeah. I'll make sure I post some photos or. Yeah, man. You yeah. gotta go live, man. You gotta yeah. see the story. It. I like, do not do. I'm not used to going live yet. It's hard, man. Like, I understand, but you got you got to treat it yeah. as serious as you treat everything else because, <laughs> man, content is king. And like, the the more people you let into your life, like, I mean, followers equal dollars right. at the end of the day. I mean, you have you have these influencers with all of these followers, and you don't even need a large following. You just need. It's just like just. It's just. Giving the people what they want, man. People want to know who you are. They want to know what you got going on, man. It's just a way to connect with the people who love you already. How did you? How did you trans? I was at transition for you for us understanding the new wave of things, man. And knowing <laughs> what influencers are and all of that, man. I'm just, I'm just into business and stuff like that. And like, I'm not really a big fan of social media per se. Right. But um, this last time I was in Austin, I just kind of was just watching those guys down there at the Onan Academy. And I was just like, man, they take this like this is serious stuff. Like this is like full time. Like this is a job. Like this is real. So I'm just like, all right, man, I got to take content serious. And I want to produce and provide the best top, like content that I can, whether that's on Instagram right. or through the podcast. Like, like I'm going to start, you know, just writing and I'm doing some different things with the website now. So just producing quality, good content and just getting it out to the people, man, like. That's just where we are in business today, man. And and followers equal dollars. Dude, so I'm that's just trying to. That's, I'm just fucking just <laughs> taking it so serious. I mean, that's why like I just invest in like high, like better equipment. That I'm just trying to get it better and better and just right. like this like video for this podcast. Like I just started doing this. Like the first like eight or nine episodes had no video, and really? then I just started adding it. So I'm just trying to just do better and better. So, dude, that's but, so different for me, man. Like. I, yeah, it's it goes against every every natural instinct in my body, but it's just kind of one of those things. I just feel like we're talking about like A plus B equals C when it comes to success, and I just feel like this is just part of the recipe. Word, word. I was I, I was asking one of my students, you know, what I'm saying I was like, hey, um, you know, um, I I really play on age a lot, and I and I and I and I really I really chop it up with the youth, and I asked him, I said, hey, um. Help me understand uh, what does what does it do for you guys uh, watching someone watching a video watching a recorded video of people playing the game. Yeah, like what? I don't get it. Either, <laughs> what is up with that? Like, and it was like they have this cool way of responding to it. Like, like that's the new way of life, and 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 it actually is. But you know. For, us from different times are looking like hey uh yeah for, what's going on here like why we re <laughs> what's happening for good or bad it's, it's where we're headed man, man so. i have not gotten used to it yet i've not gotten used to it yet man but i'm understanding it yeah well i'm trying to understand it as far as you know i'm just trying to master the game 
part. It's all a part of it. So, hey, man, this has been great. You know, uh, this been just over an hour already. Like, Word. shit's just been flying by. Outside perspective, huh? Yeah, man. Just trying to fucking present a little bit of a different way to look at things. So right. how how can uh, how can the folks get a hold of Reese, man? Man, follow me on all social media platforms at Reese Young, R E A C E Y U N G. A lot of people put an O. I don't understand, but you know, no I do. O, but <laughs> no O, R E A C E Y U N G. That's how they find me, man. At Reese Young. Cool, man. Anything else you want to leave the people with? Follow me. Check me out. My music is cool. You will not be wasting your time. Cool. I'll link all this in the notes, man. Yeah, man. All right, man. I appreciate it, brother. Man, thanks for having me, man. All right, man. Peace, everyone. You know what? And there we go. I'm going to leave you with a song today from The Natural. This is from his most recent album, All Natural. This song is called When I'm Not With You, featuring Slim Kalam and Kylie Herrick. Enjoy. Solving all these puzzles, I just wanna know if you feel for me. Keep it real with me. Would you kill for me? If we end up broke, would you steal for me? I just wanna know before we move past all the pain. Do you really love? Will you be here for me? Do you love me, baby? Don't lie. Don't wanna regret it for the rest of my life. Without you, my world is a song. Without you, everything is so wrong. I wanna be with you forever. Don't leave me, baby. I need you to fight. Together we gon' do this right. We gon' stay up, do this all night. Would you be my ride or die? Please tell me, baby, don't lie. Cause I need someone to be here for me Please baby don't tell me no lies